My mistake. I was just enjoying that, and I thought I could sit there for 10 more minutes. Uh, good morning. I want to try some small way to reignite our faith during this season. In some way to get us that childlike faith, the faith that really believes. You know, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine the other day. He, he came in, we were talking about a bunch of different things, and then sort of at the end, he was talking about, you know, particular health concern that he's had over the years, and he says, I always get so worried about it, I get so anxious, and he goes, I, I know I shouldn't worry about it, but I do. And so I gave him this verse from Mark chapter 9, you know, it was the dad, he says, Lord, I believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. In other words, a lot of people here, you'd put yourself in the camp of a believer. Some people wouldn't, or you have friends who say, no, I don't believe. That's, that's a whole different thing. But you would put yourself in the camp like, I'm a believer. But the question is not, are you a believer? The question is, do you believe? So a lot of people, they just, they check the box and say, well, I'm a believer, or I'm a Christian, or I'm this. But the question is, do you believe? That's the question. Who did your homework this week? Into your home. He's making a list, people. He's, he's checking it twice. Do your homework. All right. You got Elf to watch, right? You got the Grinch. There's something that needs to blow your mind. There's something that needs to reignite your childlike faith. And I'm not doing this for sentimental reasons. You know, oh, it'd be nice that we just think, look, believing makes all the difference in your life. Truly believing changes the kind of person that you are. One of the big problems that we've had is we've limited it to belief. Like, are you a believer? Like, do you go to church? And then in church, we limited to somehow it matters only when you die. It matters on Monday morning. Perhaps that's when it matters the most. Look up here. It matters on 275, whether you believe. That's when it matters. No, that's when it matters. Let me tell you something else that I actually believe. I think if you can feel God's presence and God's favor on 275 in a traffic jam, you're a saint. And in seriousness, you've somehow reached the pinnacle. The problem is we just we assume, well, well, we're all supposed to get mad and irritated and irate. That's what we're supposed to do. We just go to church and ask for forgiveness. But what if our belief was deep and it permeated every part of our being and it worked on Monday? Life is full of problems and contradictions and frustrations. I got a five-year-old that really is working the word frustration these days. 
Legos. She's doing Legos the other day, and she's trying to push it down, like push it like this. And, and she, I, I, I could see it coming. Anybody can see them coming? This is not going to go good. And you, when the grunt comes, then it, like, push, they all splatter. And then she just takes it, throws them down. She has a temper just like her mom. Ah, all right. Stop that. Don't give her a mic. She said she's coming up here. Anna, hold that mic from her. You get so frustrated. It's just like, yes. I go, what's wrong? I'm so frustrated. Anybody here ever been frustrated? Life can be unbelievably frustrating. I'm, I'm, uh, what I hope to do like, during this Christmas season is just to get our faith to work for us. I said, I go, Charlie, why don't you just call? I'll come help you. Don't you think sometimes our Heavenly Father's like, just call, I'll come help you? Oh, I, I did that once, Chris. I prayed and it didn't happen the way I wanted. Look, one of the things that happens to us is because we don't truly believe, we don't involve God in our life on a daily basis. You know the story um, in Matthew's gospel where Jesus is out, he's teaching, he's telling parables, and he's doing all these things, and he goes back to his hometown, Matthew 13. He goes back to his hometown, and when he gets there, you know, they start to question him, and, they, and, they're, and they're talking like, you know, isn't, just, isn't this Mary's son? Isn't that Joseph's kid? How I many you know, like, remember the block you grew up on? You know? Like, oh, man, the Kramer kids. Yes, oh. <laughs> nah, didn't, they, didn't they break our window? You know, didn't? So this is the people. And he comes back. And he's not little Yeshua, the rugrat anymore. I know it's hard. I know some of you, I just, you're ready to leave church when I said rugrat. But just... He was human. He was a little baby. He was a little toddler, and then he was a, then he was a tween. Doesn't say he walked on water at six. It'll challenge your faith. And it challenged their faith, too, because then when he came, they, it's, they couldn't handle it. It can't be. And this is one of the most profound verses in the Bible. It says this. And he didn't do many miracles there in the hometown of Nazareth. Why? Because of their lack of what? Faith. Here's the message today. Ready? Don't limit God. Don't limit God. He didn't do any miracles there in his own hometown. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine years later, like you living the block over in Nazareth thinking, I missed it. Think about that. A block away, you missed it. Little Yeshua, who knew what he would turn out to be? He was too close. He was right there under your nose. Sometimes God's so close, right there under your nose, and you can't see. You can't see what God wants to do. And so what we do is we limit God. You know, the worst thing that so many people do is they limit God to church. 
You know, like God's like something that you do and talk about and experience on Sunday. And the rest of the days, you're on your own. What a horrendous idea. I mean, if God can't get outside of this door, what good is that? If you can't get him out of the parking lot, at least to M5. And there's all kinds of ways that we limit God. I want to go through some of them, and I, it's going to be a disaster, I can tell you already. We're not going to get far. But these are, last week I started, and I, I didn't get far either, but there's so many ways that we limit God. We were talking about how we limit God in terms of God's forgiveness. <clears throat> Peter says seven, seven times. And there was no 70 times seven. How about this one? We limit God in terms of, I'll call it this way, taking care of things. Taking care of things. Here's what I mean. Anything unfair ever happened to you? Something just unfair. You're like, that was really incredibly unfair. You know, the other day, I was just in line for pizza, and someone just cut in front of me. Just walked right, just walked right. I mean, you could cut in front of me for a lot of things, but pizza is not one, friends. You cannot <laughs> cut right in front of me. And, you know, then you have a decision to make, you know. Anybody ever been cut in front of? And life's not fair. And so what we do is we try to take care of things. You know, or they have other sayings like, I know a guy who can take care of this. If you grew up where I did, you would know. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about. But actually, I do know a guy who can take care of this. Do you remember when Jesus is arrested and he's in the garden and he's praying? He's praying and he's sweating drops of blood. The agony is so intense as he's there in the garden. And it's, it's where the, the, the culmination of his life and his story is. And... They come to arrest him, and Peter does what? He grabs a sword. And this is how a lot of us have been taught to live our life. When something unfair happens to us, this is certainly incredibly unfair, what's happening to Jesus. We've been taught to grab our swords. And when they come to arrest him, it says... Peter takes a sword and he swings and he takes off the servant of the high priest. He takes off his ear. A couple things to think about there. If you're taking off someone's ear, what were you going for? Right? So this is, this is telling you, Peter says in his head, if you want to go to this level, I can go to that level. Anybody ever want to go there? Sorry to offend you. Anybody ever want to go there with somebody? Like, okay, okay. These are my people over here. If you want, okay. If you want to go there, we can go there. And then Jesus tells Peter, put the sword away. Listen to this. If you live by the sword, you will, what? 
die by the sword. That's not where you want to go. Then he says something that you have to understand. Don't you know I could speak to my heavenly father and he would call legions of angels. A lot of times what we do is we limit God. Well, God's not going to get involved in this. I got I to handle this one. God's not going to fix this. I better step up here. And you get the sword out. And what you realize, once you get the sword out, everybody gets their sword out. And once you get to that level, then everybody goes to that level. And next thing you know, you have absolute what? It's chaos. How many have ever been in a little altercation with your significant other? And somebody drew the first sword. Hmm? Well, I'm getting real today. I'll give you guys another chance over here. <laughs> so you get the sword out, and the next person gets the sword out, and then what happens? Now, how many know sometimes it's just better to just put it away? Yeah, but they said this one thing. Well, I know. You're going to live. Now, let me just say something that obvious, but for some people who, you know, if you're, if you're undergoing continual serious abuse, I'm not talking about you. Just get out of the house. All right. Okay, let's say the obvious. But what I'm talking about is you're run of the mill. Hey, sometimes you just put it away. God, Take care of this. I, I could, countless times you could think of in your life where, where you could go there. And you have to think about what does it do for you? How do you feel? I was in the car the other day speaking to 275. I was in the car the other day and someone pulled up behind me and they had their phone like this and they're going, like this, the whole time, right? Like, I thought they were going to rear end me. I kept watching. Get out, get out of there. And just going. And I, now, let me just tell you something. How, how does that person feel on the inside? Going to work or going home, wherever they were going, what was it going to be like, joy fest when they got there? I mean, you, you can talk to any doctor. They'll tell you that's, that's ruining, literally ruining you physically. Peter, I could, my heavenly father's got legions of angels. If you're going to understand this message, if you're going to understand this series and this whole idea, you have to understand the abundance of God. Legions of angels. My, my father has a kettle on a thousand hills. It's just constant abundance all the time. And if you can make this shift, if you can, from checkmark believing to heart believing, God has unlimited everything. Angels, I can take care of this, I can take care of this, I can take care of this. What does it do? It frees you. You can let go. I can trust God. It doesn't mean you don't have responsibility. It doesn't mean you don't need to get up and do your work. It doesn't mean there aren't appropriate responses at appropriate places, of course. But at the end of the day, what you realize is I'm putting my life in God's hands. My life is ultimately in God's hands. Let me tell you one area that I think a lot of people do not trust God. I think we struggle sometimes the most in time. 
You hear this all the time. You know, one of the things that people say to me all the time, and it's true, and I, I, I understand it, and I receive it with the spirit in which it's attend- intended, I believe. Chris, man, I mean, don't blink, man. It's going to go like, they talk about Charlie, it's going to go like what? Time, what? Flies. Amazingly, I think a lot of people who have faith don't think that time is unlimited. One thing they think, well, you only have a certain amount of time. Better hurry. They look at life, they have like an hourglass, like it's just ticking away. What a depressing way to look at your life. I'm not saying I understood the sentiment. You know, they're like saying, pay attention and celebrate every moment. And I get that. And I... But there's, there's like a, we have a problem in this area. Because we really, do you remember when, you remember when Lazarus gets sick and they go to get Jesus and they say, your friend Lazarus is sick. And the, the idea is, you know, you should hurry, you should get to him. And Jesus doesn't hurry. He doesn't do anything. He just goes about his business. And he shows up four days later after he's been dead for four days. Who here could say, you know, God certainly has not been on my, ten, my timetable in life. Besides your movie of the week, you need to go home and read Psalm 90. Psalm 90. Also, it's, it's quoted in 2 Peter when he says this, With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years. And a thousand years is like a day. Is God running out of time? Is God running out of time to answer your prayer, to fulfill your dream? Is God running out of time for any particular thing to happen in your life? The answer is absolutely not. We just have these little puppy minds. And all we can see is just this little tiny view. With the Lord. A day is like a thousand years. You ever have a day that just flew by? How about you ever had a job where the days just drag by? And no, I mean, have you literally? If have you ever just feeling like like time is relative? I mean, you've had a job where you just you sat down and you looked back up like, oh my word, it's been forty eight seconds. You have. And then you've had other experiences where the day just went like this. You were having an experience or something with your friends or someone that you love, and the whole day went by, and you're like, I can't believe it. It's over. You wanted to stay? Listen to me. God's not short on time. Scripture says God put eternity into the hearts of men. 
One of the greatest things that you'll understand is you understand God's never short on time. You remember Abraham when he was like promised he was going to have a child and he was going to be the father of many nations. And then, then he starts rocking 90 years old. Isn't that a message for us about time? And what do they do? They take it in their own hands. This is what we always do. We stop trusting God and we take, oh, I'll take care of it, you know, and they get Hagar involved. It's just a mess. Anybody here ever read the Bible? Do I have to explain it all? Or? It's a mess. What do you do when you get involved where God needs to be involved? You make a, have you ever make a mess of things? God's not short on time. You know, the other day, Charlie put me on the clock. Dad, come here. We're playing something and making a princess castle in her playroom with a bunch of the, well, to be honest with you, it was a leftover tablecloth from a birthday party. I'm cheap. But I took it upstairs and I was making a princess tent for her. Dad, Dad. What? I need you up here, and I'm trying to get the message ready for you so I have something wonderful to say, hopefully. And just a minute, just a minute. Dad? And then she goes, one. <laughs> two. I'm on the clock now? Mmm. <laughs> Three. She, she gave me the five. So impatient. Now, let's just get this out of the way. Who here is impatient? Lots of us, right? You have no idea. Think back to when you were five. They have no patience for anything. Now, I want you to think about this. It's important because somehow as an adult, you know, in your 50s, you can handle a 33-minute car ride. 33 minutes. No problem. Make a phone call, listen to music. I mean, 33 minutes. Who here is like, no problem, 33 minutes. Try that for a five-year-old. Try it for a five-year-old who's going to the frozen princess extravaganza downtown Detroit for her birthday. When are we going to be there? We just buckled our seatbelts. <laughs> and we're still in reverse. Let's not start. When are we going to be there? And then we have these whole, we have these things we do. Is it long ride? Is it medium? Is it medium long? And I was trying to shoot for something that I could tolerate. I said, medium long. It's medium long. Because I just don't want to hear it. She gets so mad. You know, 10 minutes in, she gets so mad. This is supposed to be like this lovely birthday celebration. She's mad. Now all of a sudden, I'm mad. And I told her, I said, if you don't change your attitude, I am turning this car around. I did. I, 
I learned it from my parents. And if you don't, if you don't change your attitude, I'm turning this car around and we are not going to the princess extravagant, whatever it's called. Now I made her cry even more. She can't handle it. Something about the anticipation changes time for her. With the day, with the Lord, with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years. You know what's wrong? We've really forgotten about God. Chris, that's like such an obvious... No, no, we've forgotten about God. The whole idea, the whole concept of God is eternal, unlimited, boundless. There's no borders, there's no edges, there's no end to his grace, there's no end to his mercy, there's no end to his resources, there's no end to time. You know the funny thing is? I'm, I'm listening to one of the leading astrophysicists in the world today. You know, he's... I get like one, one paragraph in and he talks about time is relative. We don't even really, we, we actually think time is an illusion. If you really believe, you would not stress about time. I'm I already admitted that I do. But let me say this as I bring the plane down here. If you really believe, I mean, you told... Let's call faith a journey. Let's call it a journey. That we all start somewhere and we hopefully we grow. And we, the more faith we have, the more trust we have. And the more trust we have, the more calm that we become. Do you get that? Because faith is really trust. It, that's what it is. So yesterday, I took Charlie to the, the park just because I wanted to run around and get some you know, outside exercise, just running around. And, and then uh, we, we were going to go to the inside to play. And so I said, well, I'll, I'll, race you, I'll race you to the car so we get ready to race. And because no, I don't want to race. I go, no, let's race because I was just egging her on for a race. And so we, we start racing, but she didn't have her racing. She's got these shoes on that are too big, like a size and a half too big. And so she falls. And she scrapes her hands and her knees, and she's sobbing, and she's sobbing, and I get her in the car, it's okay, it's okay. We get her in there, and she goes, Dad, everything hurts. My hands hurt, my knees hurt, everything hurts, my hip hurts. I knew I shouldn't have trusted you, that's what she said. <laughs> like, oh. I knew I shouldn't have trusted you. Where do they learn these little manipulative things? <laughs> Shouldn't have trusted you. Like you could have almost said anything except that. I wonder, I just, I do wonder how our Heavenly Father feels when we don't trust Him. I get it, it's because we have these limited understanding. I mean, you and I, you know, the scripture says this, right now we just see in part, we know in part. We can only see a part of the story. One day we'll know fully. But we have all kinds of questions for God about his timing. God's timing can really feel off for a lot of us. 
We don't trust him. But I want to encourage you to trust God again. Really trust him. He's going to work it out in ways that are beyond what you can think or ask or imagine. God's going to work it out. It's not too late. It's not been too long. It's not too difficult. God's unlimited. Don't limit God. Chris, but I mean, I'm telling you, it's, there's no way. Po- I'm just telling you, don't limit God. Don't put limits on God. The people in Nazareth said, no, he could never do the thing here. And so he didn't. And I think what happens to a lot of us is we just close God out of our life. Even with the Jesus bumper sticker on our car, we shut him out. Think of how free. Think of how happy you can be if you totally trust God. Because you're no longer having to worry about things. And Jesus, as always, said it best when he said this. Don't worry about tomorrow. Because that's all it is. This is it, it's all, it all comes back to this. We're just worried about tomorrow. You give away today. You give away today because you're worried about tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough trouble of its own. Tomorrow has its own thing. Jesus said it best, be present today. Let's stand. We'll have a closing prayer together. One, faith, one thing that should happen for us, friends, look here is faith and worry should not coexist. Now, we're all human, so we're all in this version of, I believe, Lord, but help me overcome. That's all of us. But that needs to be our constant prayer. Because worry and faith really should not coexist. Because that's like saying trust and non-trust coexist. Either you trust or you don't. I'm going to say a prayer, and then we're all going to sing Christmas song together, so don't, don't jet, because they're going to lead us in joy to the world. But when we sing, when we sing, I want you to sing. And I want you to let the joy, I want you to let happiness come into your heart again in a new way, where you let worry and fear and doubt and limit and all that stuff go. Sing it with all of your heart. Dear Lord, today, we thank you for your presence. that you have no limits. None of the things that we think of as uh, limited uh, apply to you. And so, God, I pray you'll help us to shift our thinking from thinking about lack and limit to thinking of the unlimited, the impossible, the above and beyond. 
the God of abundance. In Christ's name, amen.